This morning, America's First News starts right after this. How would you love a chance to save some money on car insurance? GEICO can help. Switch today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com to get a rate quote and get started seeing how much you could save. From Compass Media Networks, this is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Anticipating a flood. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Dom Savino, who's in for Jennifer Koshchenka on this Monday, August 29th. Glad you could be with us, and here's what we have for you this hour. The mayor of Jackson, Mississippi, is warning residents to get out with expectations the Pearl River could crest after days of heavy rain. NASA today is preparing to launch its most powerful rocket ever. It's part of a planned series of missions ahead of a moon landing. There are unanswered questions about President Biden's student loan debt forgiveness program. We'll explore some of them. And retirees coming off the sidelines and returning to the workforce. One and a half million um, People retired, I think it was 60 and over, 55 and older, retired and then returned. So there, there's a million and a half people who left and then came back. And what the study doesn't say, which I would find very interesting, is how many of those people went went back to the same kind of work they were doing before. Julie Bauke, career strategist on how to avoid ageism if you want back in the game, but have some graying of the temples. At least two people have been killed after a gunman opened fire in a Safeway grocery store in Bend, Oregon. Police say the shooter entered the parking lot of the Forum Shopping Center and opened fire in that parking lot with an AR-15-style rifle. Police said no one was injured there. The gunman then walked into the store and shot and killed two people. Bend Police Chief Mike Krantz says authorities found the suspect dead after arriving on the scene. It's believed he took his own life. Officers responded, and when they arrived, they entered the Safeway immediately, still hearing shots. They found the apparent shooter dead inside Safeway. Meanwhile, three people were killed and two people injured early Sunday morning in Houston after a man set fire to a building and then shot at people fleeing. The suspect was later killed by a Houston police officer. We'll have details on that story a little later. It's an all-too-familiar scene for some residents in Mississippi as record-setting rain and rising river waters threaten their homes. Residents in the capital city of Jackson are once again packing up their belongings and evacuating. The city, still dealing with the toll of historic flooding from two and a half years ago, is bracing for more damage as the state's Pearl River is predicted to crest at nearly 36 feet this morning, lower than previously anticipated, but still high enough to flood streets. Jackson Mayor Chokwe Lumumba told residents on Saturday to leave. As many as 150 homes were expected to be affected by the ensuing flooding. Governor Tate Reeves. So far, MEMA has deployed 126,000 sandbags in preparation for the flooding. Local officials are in charge of distributing those sandbags. In February 2020, the Pearl River reached its third highest crest on record, flooding several neighborhoods in northeast and downtown Jackson, damaging some homes beyond repair and leaving extensive amounts of debris. 
In the latest developments following the unprecedented raid on the Florida home of former President Trump, he challenges the Justice Department in court this week, while intelligence agencies assess whether his retention of classified documents harmed national security. Republicans, meanwhile, are demanding more transparency over the search of Mar-a-Lago, pointing to a heavily redacted affidavit unsealed on Friday to raise suspicions of a politically motivated hit. Maryland Governor Larry Hogan on CBS's Face the Nation. I think it's hard to believe that the Justice Department, the FBI, would take steps unless they had something pretty serious that they were investigating. We just don't know the facts yet. The next courtroom drama comes Thursday in a hearing called by a federal judge to hear Mr. Trump's demand for an independent special master to filter the material taken by the FBI to see whether it contains legally privileged materials. A U.S. District Judge asked the Department of Justice to file a public response by tomorrow and provide greater detail about what was taken. The Labor Day event from Dell Technologies is here. End the summer strong by starting up a new season of productivity. Your business upgrade begins with up to 48% off top-rated laptops like Vostro, taking performance to the next level with 12th gen Intel Core processors. It's time to push your growing business even further. What's next for you? Upgrade today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877 877- Ask Dell. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Monday. President Biden's plan to forgive up to $20,000 for Pell Grant recipients and $10,000 for other student loan holders is a controversial move cheered by many Democrats, but jeered by Republicans. The effort, the largest student loan forgiveness plan in history, also leaves a lot of questions. Alex Gangitano, White House reporter at The Hill, has a look at some of them. Alex, what about the impact on inflation? So... Basically, this was something before the plan was even um, uh, announced about, you know, warning signs that this could lead to rising inflation when, of course, we're already facing 40-year high inflation. We've had some pretty um, high-profile economists warning that this could be inflationary, and others are going to say that it could have an effect that's maybe more marginal, um, that over time uh, we could see some sort of impact on the economy. But I think the one of the biggest things came from Jason Furman, who is a top economic advisor to Obama, and he basically called this reckless, and you're pouring roughly half a trillion dollars of gasoline on the inflationary fire that is already burning. So that's not the best sign for the president with this big announcement. Wow. All right. So um, for somebody like me, this next question hits very personally. Uh, will this lead to a tuition increase by colleges? Yeah, yep. You have a, a child that is off to college. That is definitely something that a lot of people are wondering about. You know, will colleges look at this as, okay, this is our chance to make it um, more expensive by maybe $10,000 or $20,000 and or less likely likely to give out scholarships because they know people will be getting this money. And so um, I talked to experts that kind of argued both sides. One said that basically this sets a precedent that going forward people might expect this kind of money so that uh, colleges could become more expensive. And then others doubted that there would be a huge impact here because um, you know, there's a lot of different factors that go into setting tuition. We're speaking with Alex Gangitano, White House reporter at The Hill. Her story is called Five Lingering Questions on Biden's Student Loan Forgiveness Plan. Um, I thought it was interesting, too, you brought up the legal aspect here. Are there going to be some, some court challenges? That's right. I think there's a lot of uh, folks saying, you know, court challenges are expected, but 
it's not totally clear on what grounds it could be. So essentially, um, the White House is saying that the precedent that they have for this is this HEROES Act, which came out in 2003, and it gives the Secretary of Education the authority to take actions that are necessary for borrowers if they're in a bad financial place um, or a position that they were in is they're worse off financially. And so the pandemic would be that kind of emergency situation. Um, that, you know, raises some questions for people basically are, um, is the pandemic, did it actually make college um, grads worse off? You know, a lot of mm. college grads were able to work from home and weren't largely as impacted as maybe people in other roles. There's also the question of appropriating money, which belongs to Congress. And if this is something that is the president overstepping here or sidestepping Congress. Um, but of course, Congress is democratically controlled, so unlikely that um, he'll be challenged on that front. Mm. All right. So uh, one of the other questions you raise, who will pay for it? Uh, so, so I think we, we know taxpayers in general are going to have to foot this bill. Um, but it seems like the, the White House is, is, I don't know, is, is not answering that question directly. Am I wrong? That's right. It really comes down to taxpayers because there isn't a clear pay for here. But the White House has kind of tried to skirt this question and they keep leaning on the fact that, first of all, we don't know exactly how many people will take advantage of this. Um, so they don't have an actual cost um, estimate yet. But even when asked to commit to having a cost estimate, once they know how many people uh, sign up for this or, or fill out the application for this, they still wouldn't commit to coming out with a number eventually. Another side of it is the White House keeps leaning on the fact that the this administration has lowered the deficit. And so because of reducing the deficit, these policies are fully paid for. Uh, that is not going well with Republicans who are basically arguing that this is something that blue-collar workers, people that maybe didn't go to college or people that have already paid off their loans are the ones that are going to have to pay for this in the long run. Thanks, Alex. Alex Gangitano, White House reporter at The Hill. This portion of the program is brought to you by Lightstream. If you've noticed interest rates rising on your credit cards this year, now might be the time to consolidate those cards and lock in a fixed rate loan. A credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream can help you pay off your credit cards and lock in a low fixed interest rate. Rates start at 5.73% with auto pay and excellent credit. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and there are absolutely no fees. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. And just for my listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash deal, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash deal. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 5.73 to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash deal for more information. Again, lightstream.com slash deal. 20 minutes after the hour on this morning. Here's Dom Savino. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. The fallout continues from Friday's release of the heavily redacted affidavit federal prosecutors used to justify last month's search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. 
Over the weekend, Republicans rallied behind indications from a federal judge that she'd support a third-party review of some of the seized documents. Missouri Senator Roy Blunt likes the idea. Good thing they're going to have a special master look at these documents to sort through the documents that the president had every right to have and the documents that he hadn't yet turned over. I understand he turned over a lot of documents. He should have turned over all of them. Uh, I imagine he knows that very well now as well. On Thursday, Trump's legal team will make its case in court for a review by a court-appointed special master. Number two. A grisly scene at an apartment building in Houston. Police say three tenants were killed and two more injured in a shooting while fleeing their burning apartments. Houston Police Chief Troy Finner says the fire was part of the gunman's cruel plot. This suspect, unfortunately, and very sadly and very evilly, set fire to several residents, laid wait for those residents to come out and fired upon them. Police say the shooter lived in the building but was jobless and had recently been notified he was being evicted. Number three. A state of emergency has been declared in Oregon where a heat wave and strong winds have increased the possibility of new wildfires. That's in addition to the uncontained Rum Creek fire, which doubled in size over the weekend to more than 8,000 acres. In her emergency declaration, Governor Kate Brown said the dry conditions put Oregon in imminent wildfire danger. Scientists from the International Nuclear Watchdog are on their way to Ukraine, where they'll make a long-awaited visit to Europe's largest nuclear power plant. The site has been occupied by invading Russian forces for months, but in recent weeks, shelling around the site has fueled fears of a nuclear disaster. Over the weekend, Russian missiles landed about 300 feet away from buildings that house the plant's nuclear reactors. NASA says its return to lunar orbit is a go. That means later this morning, the Artemis 1 mission will lift off from Florida's Kennedy Space Center. If all goes to plan, a 322-foot-tall rocket, NASA's most powerful ever, will shuttle an unmanned space capsule into the moon's orbit. Artemis 1 is the first phase of NASA's program to put astronauts on the moon for the first time in 50 years. 50 years. Yeah. I remember like in sixth grade or something reading that, hey, in 10 years, we might be living on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to that? 30-something years ago or so. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. Innovation, resilience, agility. It's how Michigan businesses work together and continue to build the future. Our expertise, talented workforce, and collaborative environment are making a difference now and shaping the future. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org radio to put your plans in motion. That's michiganbusiness.org radio. Thanks for being with us. A growing number of retirees have stepped off the sidelines and headed back to work this year. What's it like to apply for a job and sit for an in-person interview when you've been out of the game and are twice as old as others in the office? And how do you conquer ageism? Here's career strategist Julie Bauke, founder of The Bauke Group. Julie, set this up. You know, yeah, interestingly, in the last year, one and a half million um, people retired. I think it was 60 and over. 55 and older, retired and then returned. So there, there's a million and a half people who left and then came back. And what the study doesn't say, which I would find very interesting, is how many of those people went went back to the same kind of work they were doing before. Um, my guess is very few of them went back to their same companies into the same roles. Because what we saw is during COVID, a lot the, the pace of retirees or boomers, let's say, leaving the workforce accelerated at a pace not ever seen. And so my, my sense is just from talking to people and kind of having known, been in this world for so long in this area is that a lot of people took it as an opportunity to get out from something that maybe they were hanging on to but weren't happy with 
uh, to pull away and then figure out what's next. There's certainly going to be some of those folks who said, I'm gonna sit on the porch in my rocking chair, or I'm going to travel, or I'm going to do the things I've always put off doing. But we see that for a variety of reasons, it can be either anything from my portfolio took a hit over the last year, or I'm bored and you know, I just need some spending money or I need to find purpose. Mm. We're speaking with Julie Bauke, career strategist. We're talking about ageism for some retirees who are coming back into the workforce. What about, say, the face-to-face -face interview with the retiree, as you mentioned, maybe 60, 65, um, you know, and they, they kind of just have a seasoned look to them. Uh, there, yeah. There's some wrinkles, uh, there's gray hair. I mean, should we, since, since visual impressions are so important at times, should we be uh, coloring the hair and getting rid of the gray? Or should we get in Botox to get rid of some of the wrinkles? Like, <laughs> is that a thing? So what I always say is control what you can control. Um, you can't control the year you were born. You can't control, you know, there, there's, you can't control the number of years of experience you have in the workplace. But there is, like it or not, and we can argue all day about what should be, but what is, is that people make a very quick judgment about you when you walk in the door. And if you are not up to date in how you look, in other words, you know, if your suit has been, if you put a suit on, but it's clear, you know, you, the last time you took it out was during the Reagan administration, or your, your glasses frames are out of date, then there is an assumption that your ideas will be out of date as, as, as well. And so you, ha you can control your visual. So you can be 62, 72, and look a lot younger than you are just by how you walk in the door and how you show up. If you are wearing old clothes, if your hair style's out of date, if your glasses are out of date, and if you say things like, well, you know, I don't know about that, you know, I think that's just a trend. If your technology skills aren't up to date, then yes, you are showing up as old. And it's not too much of a leap to assume that, if, if, you know, that if I hire you, you might push back on the things that, you know, we're trying to do that you don't understand. Julie Bauke at the Bauke Group. 30 minutes after the hour on This Morning, America's First News. Want to eat healthier, but every supplement you've ever tried seems like the better it is for you, the worse it tastes, then you have to try AG1 from Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted more energy and better gut health. What I didn't expect, the taste is better than any supplement I've ever had. I drink it, like it says, before anything else when I wake up. I guzzle those 8 to 10 ounces before my coffee and start my day knowing I've already gotten the recommended daily intake of all the good fruits and veggies. There's definitely a mental boost knowing you've started the day off on the right foot. I tackle the day now with more confidence and energy. AG1, by the way, is not only lifestyle friendly, it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. Try AG1. I love this product. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Gordon. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Gordon to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. athleticgreens.com slash Gordon. The information you need and the truth you demand. Start your day with America's First News. This morning with Gordon Deal. Hey, thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Monday, August 29. 
Gordon Deal with Dom Savino, who's in for Jennifer Koshenka. Some of our top stories and headlines, shootings in Bend, Oregon, and Houston, Texas leave multiple people dead. Jackson, Mississippi prepares for flooding. NASA scheduled to launch a moon rocket today with an unmanned capsule. Rory McIlroy rallied to win the Tour Championship and its $18 million prize, his third FedEx Cup title. A team from Hawaii won the Little League World Series at the MTV Video Music Awards. Nobody cares. And now a donut maker is saluting NASA's test launch today. We'll have that story in about 20 minutes. Time now for a business update, and it's brought to you by Indeed. Do you need to hire fast and hire right? You need Indeed. Their all-in-one hiring platform helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates efficiently. Visit Indeed.com credit. Having children in the U.S. is an expensive proposition. You may have heard that a recent estimate found the average cost of raising a child through age 17 is now more than $300,000 thanks to soaring prices for gas, food, clothing, diapers, baby formula. But two variables really tilt the scales. More from Josh Zumbrin, who writes the numbers column for the Wall Street Journal. Josh, peel back the layers. Well, you know, it's interesting. There was so much coverage of, of that statistic that it now costs over $300,000 to raise a child. And a lot of it, a lot of the coverage I noticed was focusing on things like, you know, it was focusing on groceries. It was focusing on diapers. It was focusing on baby formula. It was focusing on clothes. And all of that coverage, if you saw any of it, is, is that actually it misses the mark a little bit when it comes to raising children and when it comes to what the big costs of raising children are, you know, in that report, but also in real life, it's two things that stand out. It's the housing cost. You need a bedroom for the kid. Housing is incredibly expensive. And it's the child care cost, especially in those early years. Yeah. Uh, if you have to have daycare, uh, it's phenomenally expensive. I know you know it. I certainly went through it. Um, so is, uh, is this a regional thing? Like uh, are New Yorkers and Californians, for example, paying more than somebody might be in the Midwest? Is that, is that where yeah. we see some of these uh, breaks? Absolutely. It's absolutely kind of like your classic two Americas divide where you have, you know, people that live in affordable parts of the country. If the housing is affordable, there's a good chance that the daycare is pretty affordable as well. Right. And so you have people that live in in parts of the country. It it doesn't just have to be the Midwest. Right. I mean, it it can be the South. It can be places that are just further outside the big cities um, where kind of all the houses are three bedroom houses anyway. And, you you know, you, you see that in the United States, that there's parts of the country where the housing stock, kind of everything that's available is going to be three or four bedrooms. And so everyone already has space for a baby. Uh, the child care, if they need it, is, is, is much more affordable. Mm. They're also much more likely to live near family. Yeah. We're speaking with Josh Zumbrin. He writes a column for the Wall Street Journal called The Numbers. This piece is called Children Can Cost Parents a Fortune or Not So Much. And he looked at the role of two key factors here, and that's housing and child care. What was the, uh, the data comparison you made from a care.com study versus some numbers from the USDA? Well, so one of the things that's also interesting about this USDA report is when they talk about child care, they're including people, uh, they take an average of people who need full-time daycare and people who just use kind of sporadic babysitting. Um, Again, it's because of this expenditure approach. When they ask people how much do you spend on child care, they get both both responses. They get the people who are saying, hey, you know, I, I had a babysitter three times last month. Uh, and, and I spent, you know, 160 bucks yeah. versus the people who, 
you know, care.com does this survey where they look at what the average cost of daycare is in different cities, you know, in Washington, in different cities and states in Washington, D.C., it's over $20,000 a year uh, on average. Yeah. What stood out, I, I, some of the data was, was only, I guess at one time, was only as recent as 2017. I think you made some comparisons there. What did we learn? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, the last time they did this in detail, they ran the statistics on food, on, on baby clothes, on health care. And one of, the, one of the things that I think is kind of surprising maybe to some people who, who haven't had kids is that a lot of this stuff actually isn't very expensive. Uh, the average family, you know, they actually look at three buckets of families. They look at kind of low income, middle income and higher income families. And like across the board, people don't have to spend that much on, on children's clothing. I mean, you, you certainly could if, if you wanted to. You can buy designer clothes and stuff, but most families aren't doing that. And they're actually able to get out of there pretty quickly. You know, diapers, it's obviously an expense, but but all that kind of stuff for most families adds up to less than $1,000 a year. Nice, Josh. Josh Zumbrin, he writes the numbers column for the Wall Street Journal. By the way, if you've missed anything, be sure to check out a podcast of today's show. It's available every day on the This Morning with Gordon Deal app, plus on places like Spotify, Google, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now a word from our sponsor, Keeper Security. Keeper is the top-rated cybersecurity platform for protecting organizations of all sizes from the most common password-related data breaches and cyber attacks. Did you know, 81% of data breaches are caused by weak password security. Keeper is more than a password manager. It's a scalable and customizable security platform that includes industry-leading features such as automated user provisioning, role-based enforcement policies, SSO-SAML integration, advanced reporting compliance, breach watch dark web monitoring, and more. Visit GetKeeper.com today to start a free 14-day trial. That's GetKeeper.com. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Monday. The rechargeable batteries in phones, laptops, headphones, toothbrushes, and game consoles will all wear out eventually, but they'll last longer if you follow these tips. Here's this morning's Jim Chesko. We love our gadgets for sure. The batteries that make them go, not so much. But there are perhaps some things we can do to make those batteries be more energy efficient and last longer overall. Let's talk about it with The Washington Post's Jeffrey Fowler. Jeff, am I right? Rechargeable batteries are still a major annoyance for device owners? Oh my gosh. I would say it ranks right up there at the top. And everything we own now has one. I mean, I did a census. It's in my headphones. It's in my vacuum cleaner. It's in my massager, my remote control. You name it, it's got a rechargeable battery. And the thing that all of these things have in common is that these batteries are going to eventually die. It's just a matter of time. That is the nature of this lithium technology. You've written previously about gadget death dates. There's always been speculation that manufacturers intentionally produce batteries that have a shorter life than what they could make. Any truth to that? Yeah, look, I think the, the, the truth is these are all destined to die. And so the question is, what have they done in the design of these products for you to be able to replace them when they do die? And the truth is many, many manufacturers of our electronics seal the batteries inside to make it either impossible or really, really difficult to replace them when they when they do die, thus forcing you to go buy a new gadget. My favorite, or I guess I should say least favorite example of this is Apple's AirPods. The batteries in them are literally glued inside those little sticks, um, and not even Apple can replace those batteries. So that's how they get you to buy new AirPods every two or three years. 
All right, so what can we do to make batteries last longer? Give us some tips. Yeah, well, it turns out that the way that we charge these devices you know, can make a big difference. And I spoke to some scientists uh, that focus on battery, uh, lithium batteries, and I said, okay, so what would you do to charge differently? And they had some really good advice. At the top of this list was wait until your battery level gets down to around 20% to recharge it. I know that can cause a lot of anxiety for some people to see the number going slower, but the name of the game here is every battery has a certain number of cycles that's built into its design. So you want to maximize those cycles, right? So if you wait until it's down to 20%, you will get more out of each cycle. True or false, fast charging your device is not good for the battery. Turns out that is not good for the battery. Um, people who have electric cars definitely know this. Like with Tesla, they sort of warn you, hey, if you use the super fast superchargers, it will degrade your battery sooner. But it also applies to laptops and phones and other things that now sometimes come with this fast charging kind of option or a special fast charging brick. It just uh, hurts the chemistry inside the battery. So unless you're in a hurry, choose the slow charger. Is it okay to keep the device plugged in once it's fully charged? You know, this is another super common habit. I'm guilty of it. You know, you like charge your battery overnight and then you go to work and you sit at your desk and you, you, you plug in your phone there too. Turns out that also hurts the battery. It's really stressful for batteries to stay kind of in that 80% to 100% range. So um, the best idea is charge up your battery um, and so that it's at 100% or close to 100% when you are about to start using it and then run it down. Don't leave it um, hanging out there at 100% for, you know, for, for many hours, because that, that's really stressful. When the battery is clearly in its late stage of life phase, should we replace the battery if possible, or just look at getting a new phone or laptop? Yeah, this is, this is the big one. If you want to do a favor to your budget and to the environment, don't just buy new stuff and throw away your old stuff just because the battery is dead. Um, go to these companies, go to the manufacturer and say, hey, this battery is no good anymore. What can I do to, to replace the battery? Some products are pretty good about that. The, the biggest smartphone brands like Apple and Samsung, they will you know, offer you a service to replace the battery for you, and that's great. But you know, uh, some, things, some other products, they don't necessarily do that. So it's always worth asking. That's Jeffrey Fowler, technology columnist at The Washington Post, with this morning's Jim Chesko. Innovation. Resilience. Agility. It's how Michigan businesses work together and continue to build the future. Our expertise, talented workforce, and collaborative environment are making a difference now and shaping the future. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to put your plans in motion. That's michiganbusiness.org slash radio. Don't forget, by the way, we can connect on social media. You can friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at This Morning Show. You can follow me directly on Twitter as well at Gordon Deal. Nine minutes in front of the hour on This Morning, America's First News. Once again, here's Dom Savino. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. From the largest city to the south and the Pacific Northwest, it was another weekend in America marred by mass shootings. Last night in Oregon, two shoppers at a supermarket were killed when a gunman walked in and opened fire. Shooting rounds from an AR-15-style rifle, the shooter entered the west entrance of Safeway. 
Bend Police Chief Mike Krantz says cops also found the shooter dead in the store. Earlier Sunday, a gunman in Houston killed three neighbors at his apartment building after deliberately setting a fire to lure them out. And in New York, police are still investigating why a gunman opened fire on a crowd at the Coney Island boardwalk. Number two. A federal judge in Florida says she has a preliminary intent to appoint a third party, a so-called special master, to review some of the documents the FBI seized in its search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Trump lawyers say the search was overly broad, but one Republican, Illinois Congressman Adam Kinzinger, lashed out at his own party. The hypocrisy of folks in my party that spent years chanting lock her up about Hillary Clinton because of some deleted emails or quote unquote wiping a server are now out there defending a man who very clearly did not take the national security of the United States to heart. A heavily redacted court document shows FBI agents see 67 items marked confidential. Number three. Get out now. That's the warning from the mayor of Mississippi's capital city, Jackson, as the state braces for widespread flooding. The Pearl River is expected to crest as soon as today, rising as high as 36 feet after last week's record-setting rain blanketed Mississippi. Governor Tate Reeves has declared a state of emergency. The U.S. Navy has completed its first trip through the narrow waterway separating Taiwan from mainland China. Two warships remained in international water waters while traveling through the Taiwan Strait on Sunday. The Navy says the ships completed their voyage without interference from China's military, which has held several rounds of military drills around Taiwan in recent weeks. And it's a milestone in the world of sports memorabilia. A Mickey Mantle baseball card is sold at auction for $12.6 million. That sets the record for the largest sale of a piece of sports memorabilia. It tops the $9 million paid for a jersey worn by soccer star Diego Maradona. So Mickey Mantle in 1952 hits 311 <laughs> his rookie year right. with 23 home runs. That is ridiculous. And now his rookie card is sold for 12 mil. That's how you get your rookie card sold for 12 million, right? Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Dom. The Labor Day event from Dell Technologies is here. End the summer strong by starting up a new season of productivity. Your business upgrade begins with up to 48% off top-rated laptops like Vostro, taking performance to the next level with 12th gen Intel Core processors. It's time to push your growing business even further. What's next for you? Upgrade today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Thanks for spending time with us. How about a donut to celebrate the scheduled Artemis One mission launch today from the Kennedy Space Center? Krispy Kreme is dishing up a special treat for the planned blast-off of NASA's moon rocket. The Artemis Moon Donut will be available for one day only today at participating Krispy Kreme shops, and that's while supplies last. Topped with a swirl of cookies and cream frosting, the donut is stuffed with cheesecake-flavored filling. A nod to the adage of the moon, of course, being made of cheese. This isn't the first time Krispy Kreme has delivered space-inspired promotions. You might recall back in May, the chain gave away uh, free original donuts after astronomers released the first image of a supermassive black hole at the center of the Milky Way. Krispy Kreme celebrated NASA's Perseverance rover landing on Mars with a reddish Mars donut in February 2021. NASA's attempted launch today, by the way, is the first in a planned series of missions leading up to a manned moon landing planned for 2025. Today's launch does not involve a crew, but it's NASA's launch of its most powerful rocket ever. 
That'll do it for this hour. For Dom Savino, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News. How would you love a chance to save some money on car insurance? GEICO can help. Switch today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com to get a rate quote and get started seeing how much you could save.